0: So, welcome back. Hopefully, we will finish this year. year. (laughs) (laughs) Because we are on text number 83, so we are coming to the end slowly. (laughs) All right, so let's start.
1: Ignorance of words will do no harm to the truly devout, nor will wisdom in speaking harm the humble.
0: Well, sometimes (coughs) this is another spiritual law and uh, it's good to keep this in mind because many times uh, when we are thinking about serving to God, many times we see our uh, That we don't have enough skills or we have some kind of weaknesses, especially he, he is talking about um, at first that uh, not enough skills in speaking, talking. And uh, this is a huge problem because um, in seminary when I was that there were guys who uh, suffered because of that. They had this feeling that because it's difficult for me to express my thoughts, so they had always this hesitation or doubts about themselves if their ministry will be good or not. But uh, I remember from the time, one older priest, uh, he was visiting uh, uh, somebody in seminary and we talked to him and one of these guys told him that well that he's not sure if he's vocation to priesthood because mm-hmm. he said that well it's difficult for him to speak and uh, i mean speak to give speeches and like uh, and uh, this uh, old priest, he told me that uh, do not be afraid that the priest is not about speaking, you know. That he said that if uh, you have fear of God, God will give strength to your words, even if they are not beautiful. Uh, given, and uh, this was huge encouragement. And uh, what is important to hear in this uh, in this uh, spiritual law is that if that person is pious, this piety uh, fulfills many things which are missing and uh, You said that you mentioned St. John, Jan how is the pronunciation? Yeah. VNA. VNA. Um, I had one experience. There was a priest who well I was brought to Presbyter for ten years in one uh, deanery in Slovakia and uh, we got new ordained priest to to our deanery. and uh, bishop told me that well I give him this guy well, I I I was I didn't want to ordain him because well he's like weak uh, intellectually and even like I said but, but then uh, I decided to order him, but I'm giving him this parish. It was a really small parish of not important, well, almost hidden. It's difficult to explain, but well, really, parish nobody would like to go there. I said, okay, and uh, he was a really silent guy, not talking a lot of, I'm almost invisible, and then you have to go like every few years for visitation, each parish. So I went there and uh, I talked to him. I said, "How how do you live here? You know, what is how, how is your life?" And he said, "Oh, well, good. People are good, you know." And and he started to talk what he's doing. And. Uh, when I was listening to him, I was like, in awe, you know, that, oh my, uh, he put me to shame. What he's doing, like, for example, on Sundays he had three liturgies, because of one person too small. He had three liturgies, and after uh, he had lunch, every Sunday he went and he visited all sick people on Sunday to bring their communion. And uh, this is just one thing. And I said, well, I would be not able to do this, and you are doing it every Sunday. No. I, I'm s- he was single. I'm single, I have nothing to do, I don't have family. So, um, and for me and other things, it was... This is great. You know, maybe, for sure, you will be not able to give some kind of talks or something like that. But what he did for these people was amazing. Was amazing, and and I s- until now, I this this my discussion with him at the time was for me it was a huge challenge. You know, he put me mirror, and uh, then I realized that well the prisoners, there was something else. And so, he, but maybe he was missing many some kind of skills or gifts you would expect, but what is what he was not missing was piety. And because of that, he found a way how to serve God in very, almost perfect way it was it was amazing, and I'm talking about priesthood now because of all these causes to my understanding it's easy to find understand but the same thing is in uh, the same thing is in uh, uh, life i would say outside it's you all know, like priesthood that many times we feel that well. I cannot serve because I don't have these qualities I see in others. But uh, you know when we have piety we have uh, and we have this relationship with God and try to serve from our heart so then it is we we will find way. Remember Ted Horniak, you know I don't know some of you, only few of you <laughs> know him. Uh, it is uh, grandfather of Bethany Sanders and a uh, uh, very very nice man. He died two years ago. Mm-hmm. <coughs> well, when he... I visited him once and it was at a time when he started to lose memory. And uh, so he was showing me like a huge calendar, everything was written there, I don't want to forget anything. Well, fine. And then he told me, Father, you know, that I don't remember. So, well, so, even I pray this way, that this publican prayer book, he said, I have a like, holy card here, and I always pray 20 pages, and I put every day 20 pages, because he would not remember what to pray, How he, it was difficult for him at his age, and it was, I just told him then, please don't pray calendar. it's fine, (laughs) you know, calendar is there, but uh, it was great. I I really was touched by that, you know, he uh, knew about his, his handicap, and he found a way how to do his prayer room. And and so this piety uh, helps us to find ways uh, how to serve God and and use what we have. And many times when we do this, uh, something very beautiful happens. Very beautiful happens. And uh, the second part of of this spiritual law is... Uh, it's interesting that uh, uh, he sees like this wisdom. I how it is in English? Can I see that? Mm-hmm. So, Nor wisdom in speaking. It means that if you, if you can sp- put your thoughts very perfectly. Outside, but you don't have humility, so it is your disadvantage, an advantage, because uh, this gift uh, really is like attracts pride, attracts vanity, desire for glory. But he says that those who have this gift, but they are humble it's good for, for them. Uh, so it is really, in both cases, it is if we have some kind of things which are missing, uh, we see there's something missing in our skills, or even if we see that those are my talents, both those things uh, can be good or bad, and, and depends on the state of our heart. There's piety there humility, then then we can use it correctly. Does that make sense? Questions or comments? All right, let's go.
1: (coughs) Do not say, I do not know what is right. Therefore, I am not to blame when I fail to do it. For if you did all the good about which you do know, What you should do next would then become clear to you as if you were passing through a house from one room to another. It is not helpful to know what comes later before you have done what comes first. For knowledge without action puffs up, but love edifies because it patiently accepts all things.
0: Okay, this very important spiritual law Because um, St. Mark is speaking about uh, something what what um (laughs) Peter, (laughs) you are on the table. (laughs) Okay, he speaks about something what what we have to realize in spiritual life. Spiritual (coughs) life. It's not some kind of jump from not per- imperfectness to perfectness. It's not jump. It's always set of steps or micro steps, thousands of micro steps, which we are doing. And we should respect this. There is like there is a some kind of order in that. We, uh, 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 and if we ignore this order and we want to prematurely jump to some kind of holiness, St. Isaac's that says that we, this attracts God's anger and uh, uh, some kind of punishment, which comes like in some kind of like this uh, taken by pride or falling to illusion or something. We have to always respect this no. this one step falls another. And today we had a meeting uh, this book study or the Group and then one young man called me and he said he was asking about this gift of tears and because it was not clear for him and And I said, well, it seems to me that uh, it is, like, artificial if I try, if, you know, that um, uh, he had problems with that because he thought it was not genuine feelings he had. And I said, well, we always go from not imperfect state to perfect. We start always on this imperfect way. Always when we try to keep commandments, we never we are not able to keep them like immediately perfectly, but which each step we are learning how to come to virtue. And the thing is that maintain uh, many times it is a like curiosity in us and especially when we uh, and this a little bit danger, I think uh, with reading, you know, if you don't have a like, spiritual father to, to talk to him, that there are there are texts which are talking about various states of spiritual life. And now, if you are reading about states which are higher, you are not there yet, but it's not enough humility in us, we don't have a humble heart, so we can somehow mentally want to jump there and to think, to have this illusion that we are uh, living that, And it can destroy uh, this our growth. As an example, uh, it's very, as an example probably, it's very Mm -hmm. known like John of Crass, he has this uh, book. Uh, he's in writing. He mentions this night of soul. It's it correct translation?
1: Dark night of the soul.
0: Yes. Well, he's talking about one experience you you can have when you are somewhere really on on the top level of spiritual life. But many people who read that uh, they are not making these steps they jump there and they say or then then they start to consider this crisis spiritual also some kind of difficulties they 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 put it on the same level I have this experience what Saint John Cross had it's not true, but they they You know they put it on the same level because uh, they didn't make this journey as Saint John did, and he's not talking to, he's talking to those who, to to were in the same formation. So it is uh, this is like very very, and this is very common, very common uh, uh, illusion and. uh, I met a lot of people who told me about that. Well, I I experienced that, and actually, this was not true. It was it was illusion. So, so always, even when we read these uh, holy texts of the saints, we always have to put ourselves to this position of humility and to say, okay, this is the goal. Once. With God's grace I will reach that goal. I know, I see that goal, but I am not there yet. Okay? Because there is a temptation, big temptation, that which pushes us. You are there. This our invisible enemy says, you are there, you know this is this is your experience. But it is it is not. It is not. So this is very important. To uh, uh, to be aware of this, that we are on journey. With there is some starting point in our spiritual life, and and we make these steps towards perfectness. And we should not we should not assume that we are already there. When especially if that those texts of saints. They are talking about uh, this state they are talking about many other things which are not fulfilled in our life yet. So it should be some kind of warning because otherwise uh, uh, if we fall to this this anger of God or wrath of God, uh, <coughs> for sure comes. for sure comes and trust me it's not it's it's not fun. Uh, I had two cases in my like ministry who made this some kind of jump and, uh, well, in the end they were not able to listen to anybody, even bishop was bad, everybody, they were gods, they became gods because they had this vision about themselves that i I have direct connection with with God, so I don't need to listen to anybody and this is this is this anger that God allows us to be stuck in this illusion and so have patience you know and and, we, and for sure we yes, we have to force ourselves we have to force ourselves to grow spiritually, but, well, we should not uh, uh, skip some steps. You know, that um, there is an experience with this letter of uh, Saint Jean Climacus of the Divine Ascent, and uh, uh, in one commentary uh, they said that, well, Sometimes you can be stuck on one step even for years. You know that, uh, and, and trying to fight with something. But uh, and in this that, uh, that of what is wrote that, but we should not be afraid if we stay f- for a long time under uh, on on this one step because we are not mastering only this virtue. If we are mastering this virtue, we are growing in many others, if we don't realize. You know, it is... It is if, I, if I pick this sheet of paper in one, this point, and i erasing this, everything goes up. So I'm mastering one virtue, so everything is going up and then he said and then when you master this step you can make the next three steps very fast like in through running so we we should never uh, like hurry we'll try to master one step after another and uh, and another thing is we have to keep in mind that It doesn't matter where we are, actually, when God calls us. Because He will fulfill everything that is missing. For sure, we have to work on our rich virtue and fight against passions and everything. But if it's difficult and, and, and it's difficult to move on, Faster, and we are stuck somewhere, but we are fighting, fighting, fighting. You know that, and God, all this moment of death will find us fighting and trying. This counts, you know, God will fulfill what is missing. This is grace, but He has to, this this moment of death should find us trying not to be lazy, not to give up. You know, it is, it is, it is like start every day, every day. But, you know, the story I told you probably about that monk who was scandal among Athos because he was, he was reading a lot of, you remember? For those who, there was a, St. Pisces, it, it is in, in uh, his life story, Pisces of Manatos, same Pisces, that some visitors came to him and they told him that, well, that monk who was scandal for all mo- monks, you know, for this, for Athos, died. You know, so he's not always, uh a um, scandal. And that scandal was that he was always drunk. And Pisces told his visitors that, well, you don't know this man. He said, when he was a child, he was in this part of Greece, which was occupied by Turks. And Turks were taking these baby boys and young boys, and they made them uh, soldiers who then fought against Greek. Well, so parents of that monk, because they didn't want the soldiers, Turks, to hear a crying of baby. So they always gave him Rakia, this uh, uh, palinka or you know, to calm him down. And because of that they made him alcoholic. So I came to Manatus and it was I don't know I don't remember exactly these numbers so of cups, how many cups per day he had to have alcohol and he was like always drunk. But, and but this man was fighting when he, he, said when he came to, let's say, I, I'm not making numbers because I don't remember how. He said when he came, he had 30 cups of alcohol per day, and he was fighting. And so after a year, he went on uh, 28, after another two, three years, 25. And every few years he was able to go down, and he said... He came down to four, but still, because of that, he always looked like drunk. I said, and I saw, and I saw angels came to take his soul. He said, "We, you saw scandal, but God saw fighter who was fighting this, this." addiction, very hard. <coughs> and and this story is amazing, you know, because it gives us hope, and many other stories like that. gives us hope that, well, we might be failing, but until we fight, until we, if we don't give up, God sees us as a martyrs, as uh, fighters, as those who work hard on the salvation, Good. Comments? Okay.
1: (coughs) Understand (coughs) the words of Holy Scripture by putting them into practice and do not fill yourself with conceit by expatiating on theoretical ideas. Um.
0: If you remember Ignace Brancianino when when he was talking that there was one interesting sentence he, he told us or advice he said, don't try read gospels before you read holy fathers and while well, this was so difficult for me to like some kind of to accept this advice but uh, you know there is something for sure here's a whole chapter about importance of reading gospels and holy scripture but through this advice, he wanted to point to something that uh, it's really good for us to read this life of saints, their works before gospel, at, at least a little bit, because through their lives, we can see how they were fulfilling words of gospel. And then, when you read gospels, you see, you read, and you don't try. They, you don't need to think about how to fulfill these words, because you have in your mind these advices, word, uh, and, and situations of life of saints, how they live that, and they give you like, like, okay, this is the level, you know. Because many times we are, we are uh, accepting these words um, uh, in um, some kind of easy way. you Remember that what was said about. Um, will be will be judged by uh, through each <coughs> vain word. Is that correct translation? I cannot, from each word we say, is, we will be judged. And uh, so we can remember. We can we can we can read that. And maybe all, yeah, it's, it's like uh, tough. That do we stop to talk because of that? You know, the the problem is that if we if we don't have in these examples in our mind in front of our mind, then we make this this meaning of gospel. You know, we adj- adjust it to our level to our comfortable level. And if I talking about this, when uh, uh, talking too much uh, without reason, and uh, look uh, how it is, we cannot, we cannot uh, like uh, how how difficult is that when we meet and suddenly we will be silent, uh, we will be awkward, you know that we have this like this uh, this etiquette. Of this world, push on us that we must talk even above above that thing. But but well, gospel teaches us something else. You know. <laughs> I remember that there was like one lecture given by priest, and uh, uh, he was stopped when he mentioned these words. You know that. We should not. We should speak only what is necessary. You say these words, and somebody said, "Well, then we'll be, we would be silent all time." And his answer was, "And what? <laughs> and what? You know, it's." And I was like touched by that. I said, surely, you know, and what? You know, that it's." But it is so strange for us, that, and it uncovers a lot of, a lot of these, these habits. Uh, you probably you know the joke about this Cartesian monk who had permission to. He came to superior.
1: Yeah. one time a year they can speak. Yeah. This one. Yeah, that one. You know. So, yeah. So he. Uh, That there was a Cistercian monastery and they they only spoke once a year. The the abbot would ring the bell and they could each go around and say one thing. This guy was there for a year. He stands up, he said, That's hard. Sits down again. Next year, he rings around, gets up, and he goes, Fool's terrible. Next year, he rings around, he says, I quit. And the abbot says, I'm not surprised. You've done nothing but gripe since you got here.
0: (laughs) <laughs> well, sure, but but how it is? How, but we have to realize that that how far we are from this fulfilling gospel. You know, if this is order of our Savior, if he warns us about talking too much. For example, I'm just taking one. How it is it possible that we don't take it seriously? You know, how it is it possible that we don't uh, try to? Um, and it is possible. It's possible. Father Marek Michniewski told me once that uh, when he came to America and after two years or three years here. Uh, Bishop John Kudryk asked him to go with him to Slovakia as a, to translate for him. And he told me, well, I thought that I'm now I'm going to spend time, all time with Bishop, you know, so that's what we are going to talk about. So they met at the airport and uh, he said, oh, Bishop, so how are you? And, uh, and okay, so we have time. And he said, he took prayer rob and started to prejudice prayer. As I said and then he said, It's time to go. You know that actually they didn't talk a lot of, you know. So it was I, it was like pleasant a pleasant uh, like experience and and uh, so it is possible. And especially among us Christians, it should be something normal. It should be not like a sign that well I am not Able to interact with people that I don't speak, you know that that uh, so-called kind of silence should be like our sign. I know that our whole doesn't look like that, and so it is, but you know what I mean. I, and this is not. I'm. I'm just. I took it as, as an example that. <laughs> We don't keep the mind that we because we put it down, but if we read these holy fathers and, and these texts, we find that, that they were trying to bring to perfectness even this commandment and others too. So so this is this is what he's saying that uh, we can understand scripture. And uh, we should try to understand Scripture, uh, words of Scripture, through fulfilling what they say, through practice. And um, because just uh, through talking about it it doesn't doesn't bring like any benefit. Maybe if we want to, if somebody asks us to. for, for advice then we should then we can talk but not if we are not asked we should not. And even Isaac extremely says that that don't give to others what you didn't obtain. You know because it otherwise it, it leads to shame. You will be, you will be ashamed. So, he says, just give what you gain. And he means this experience, um, this experience you receive through, through your effort living with Christ. That um, and, and he continues, I think on other place that, even if you if you have to speak about something spiritual, as a give as a advice to others, that you should try to speak as a somebody who is trying to learn, not as a teacher. That you are on the same level and uh, that you are together searching for understanding. You know, that this was, this was a very good. Very good advice, and uh, uh, what is it? It, uh, it is difficult, you know. Like, like for priests, I think it's, this is very challenging because you have this responsibility to ch- to teach, to speak about, and uh, so so you, you have to humble yourself. That okay, I'm talking touching things which I am still s- fighting for that too and uh, I'm trying to understand uh, it's, it's it's very it's very tough and the same thing uh, in the s- same situation of parents who try to form their children and try to tell them. And I think that, well, parents have this, I would say, even tougher because uh, children can real. They are, they are so smart children. You know, when I was a child, when I was, was in the uh, age of my grandson, uh, I was eating mud, you know. And he knows how to like f- switch things on this remote control already like this so, old, so children of this age are very very smart, and they can see if we are telling them something noble, something great, and they don't see us to do this. This is tough and and shame comes because. Parents can recognize very fast that okay there's a confusion in the child. And uh, so it's a huge challenge. But we have to do this, like parents have a responsibility to teach and from children. Please they have the same, but it means just bigger responsibility for the spiritual formation, for this Spiritual growth—it should be like non-stop this pressure, you know, that uh, to to gain this knowledge, just from above, to gain this experience. Because otherwise, you uh, um, can—you don't have power. There was one, it was like second year or third year in our first parish and we were invited for a <coughs> celebration, like we have said on day, this celebration of Feast of the parish. There were more priests and uh, there was a preacher was a monk, basilian monk from a uh, closer city. They just renewed monastery there. And uh, he preached very in a simple way about prayer. Very simple words. But the end was that from that time, from this sermon, we started like we have done Saturdays vigils here. We started uh, some kind of these vigils in my first parish it was from uh, 8 o'clock to... to because he meant that, well, it's better for us to pray than to spend time in front of TV watching this prime time. So he spent prime time in church praying. A lot of people came. But I heard maybe 100 sermons before, you know, who were on the same topic, probably, and I was not moved to make this move, this sermon was. And there was a power in his words, power which forced me to make decision. And the same thing is always like parents of priests and everybody who is responsible some kind of formation. If you are talking with your own experience, so your words have huge power and they are moving others to activity. And if you don't have this experience, you are just saying stuff you learned, you move nobody. You are probably praised that for your wisdom and maybe the skill preach, but there is no change in life. And the same thing is, uh, so f- this is for those who have a responsibility, they must, parents, those who, t- who s- were called to some kind, to l- do some kind of formation to some kind of group people, priests, bishops. But if there is outside of this realm, we should not give advice by by ourselves. That we feel that the person needs advice. We should give advice or talk only when we are asked. You know, not not to go forward. You know that, and uh, this is a little bit difficult because then people say, "Well, then." how are we going to evangelize, bring people to Christ? So, uh, the, the answer is that evangelization or bringing out the, uh, this awakening of sinner, is never our work it's always work of God's grace. It is God's grace which calls sinner to repentance. And God can use us in this process, but it is never that we are doing that. We don't have this power. And now, if we if we leave the gospel, we have to realize that there is uh, some kind of power coming out from our life. We don't realize, and this this power touches people and forcing them to ask questions. So we should so. We should be aware that, well, if it's God's will, and if I have something what God can use in this process of conversion, He will arrange this. Yeah. He will arrange this, and with this is evangelization. Is well. It is, look, I was, you know, like in seminary, this was like, oh my, this was like a dream, you know, in John Paul II, I was seminary, it was this, this calling to new evangelization, it was always, and we were on fire in seminary about that, that, all right, we are going to do this, and, oh my, what kind of things we are doing, and, uh, So many programs we started, and it didn't work, or it worked for a while. You know, in the first parish, we there was we had like um, three groups: two groups of youth and one for adults, and we were. Trying to do some kind of like formation, and I was so happy because well it was growing, 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 and it's okay, great. Okay. Then we were transferred. Everything was gone in six months, uh, even not six months. And I told myself, so what? What have you done? You didn't bring them to Christ. You brought them to you, not to Christ, and and this was, this was very very difficult, and but it felt very good. It felt like success, you know, really evangelization, and then you then you realized, if I brought them to Christ, they would continue. I realized that I brought them only to myself, to me. And it was a very, very sobering experience. And and sometimes we have these tendencies that we want this success, we want to really have this feeling that, well, and to tell God, okay, I, I brought so many people to you but do we bring people to God, or we bring them to ourselves? Um, well, there is a like fine line there. You know that we have to. Uh, I think that if the setting of soul is good, and we are we are aware that it is God's work not my work, uh, then then yes, there are wonderful things can happen. But we have to be very careful, and we have to remember that in life of saints, uh, we see that repeating again and again. At first, even these are the biggest um, saints who really change lives of many. We find there that it was not their intention. It was not their goal. Their goal was salvation of soul. They wanted, walk, they w- just wanted to walk on that journey which leads to salvation of soul. And more they were concentrated on this goal salvation of soul, more bigger impact they had on lives of others. And this paradox, this very, uh, this big paradox, and and it and this paradox shows us that God has fingers they are not you, you know, because God sent those people who needed to those who matured in faith, and they were able to give some kind of formation, and this should be somehow in our minds that that even this connection with evangelization, that it's good to have this desire to lead people to salvation. It must be. This this is our goal. We should be one of these things. But this can happen only when we have something to give. And it is God's work, and because of that, the the surest way, the perfect way how to do evangelization is to concentrate on our salvation. Once we start to do this, God will start to send people to us, because we will be immune to pride, immune to some kind of vanity, self glorification. Or something so we will we will be protected from these temptations. All right. Let's finish here. If you agree. We'll continue. We moved a lot of you next know, <laughs> like on eighty six already.